Two stories from the Gospel of John this morning. May God bless to us the reading of God's Word from John 18. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? Peter said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Now Peter was standing and warming himself, and they asked him, You are not also one of the disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it, and at that moment, the cock crowed. We opened with a call to worship that featured the personal way that God addresses us. And maybe you've noticed that pattern in the passages that have come on Easter Sunday morning, and then last Sunday, as you you saw Jesus go directly to Mary Magdalene and then directly to the disciples and then directly to Thomas, one by one, showing himself alive. The last of Jesus' resurrection appearances in the Gospel of John, which is where we've been coursing through, is an encounter between Jesus and Peter on the beach at breakfast. Let's listen together. For the word of God as it comes to us from John chapter 21. Now when Jesus and the disciples had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, why, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time. Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. So Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth, the meditations of all our hearts, be acceptable in thy sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Two Sundays after Easter, and we're still in that hats and horns kind of holiday, aren't we? 
Easter is a hats and horns time. It's a time when we hear hallelujah choruses and expect that there were probably trumpets at the empty tomb. It's positive. I mean, we've got a bunny for the banner animal of this, right? Easter is kind, friendly, hopeful, big, all kinds of good things. And it occasions these great reunions that you all have been walking through here. It occasions a reunion between Jesus and Mary Magdalene where she recognizes him as her teacher and the world changes for her. Then last week you you heard the story of Thomas where Thomas somehow had stepped away the first time Jesus came to appear to the disciples risen as a group. And so a week later, Thomas, having hung around, is still with these folks who must have been fairly annoying with their hallelujahs when he hadn't heard yet. But there he was when Jesus came through and offered himself directly to Thomas. Thomas was awestruck, my Lord and my God, he said. Our passage this morning is the last of these appearances. And it wasn't as hats and hornish as the others. Did you notice? We put the side-by-side in play. We hope you caught that there were three denials by Peter in the very worst moment of his life. Three denials there on that Thursday night outside the room in which Jesus was being tried, soon to be sent to his trial with Pilate and on to crucifixion. Right outside that zone, Peter said no three times. Worst moment in his entire life. And so the question is worth asking today, was everybody excited about Jesus being resurrected? In his 2004 Easter sermon at the Canterbury Cathedral, the the Archbishop of Canterbury at that time, Rowan Williams, preached a sermon in which he said it's not at all clear that ancient people would have been excited about resurrected bodies. In the Greco-Roman world, that just seemed grotesque. In the Jewish world, there wasn't really a category for it, and among the early Christians, there had been a lot of people who failed Jesus down the stretch, nobody more than Peter. So you and I picture hats and horns and and trumpets and hallelujahs. i got to think that as he played his part in those scenes you heard last week and the week before. Peter was a member of a chorus, and so he could kind of hide behind the rest of the folks. But the scene we just read, on the beach, there was no place to hide. Three times he denied Jesus. Three times Jesus said, uh, by the way, do you love me? Peter Peter, the the avid, enthusiastic, steely disciple, has to be asked three times. So the question of the morning is, why does Jesus rub his face in this? Why does Jesus come back with the worst moment of Peter's life? There's no doubt that Peter saw what three times meant. Why? From the profound question, we go to a comedic moment. How many of you have watched Modern Family at some point in your existence? So Modern Family puts the fun back in dysfunctional. It's it's a story of an extended family. Jay Pritchett is the patriarch, and 
and sort of father of two children who have their own families and newly married to a much younger wife in a second marriage. So you've got stepdaughter, stepmother relationships going on. That's always freighted, but add to it that this is May, December, and so you've got a young stepmother about the age of Jay's daughter, and there was tension. The episode I'm going to introduce to you is episode number five, so it's early in the series, and everybody is feeling out these new relationships. It's a hilarious episode. I think it helps us for what we're talking about this morning, because in it, Claire and Gloria, who have had tension. Claire is Jay's daughter. Gloria is Jay's new wife. They've had tension, and there's a, been a bit of sparring and suspicion, and the whole family has, has felt that tension. So it's in the room. There's a party one night, and in the course of the conversation, it comes out that Claire, the daughter of Jay, has called Gloria a gold digger. You're laughing because it didn't go over well. Gloria, this fire, fiery Colombian woman, stomps out and goes to her room, and Claire finally musters up the wherewithal to chase Gloria down and try to make it right. So she rises the stairs, she goes to her room, and in a uh, scene that's hilarious for other reasons, watch episode five, um, she, she apologizes. She says, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I... I I talked about you that way, and, and they go through a conversation that kind of starts to get reconciliation in place. And so Claire, feeling very accomplished by having gone that far, says, so will you forgive me? And Gloria says, no. And Claire says, I, I bared my soul to you. Why won't you forgive me? She says, you haven't, fully, you haven't fully felt bad about this. Go jump in the pool. Now, Claire knows that Gloria gets, has some trouble with idioms, and so, so she thinks it means jump in a lake and it's dismissive, but Cl- Gloria really means go jump in the pool. See, Claire doesn't look great when her hair is wet, so, so, so she says the real sign that you are sorry will be when you jump in the pool. Cl- Claire says no at first, makes her way down, finally jumps in the pool, shows that she's sorry, and the whole family changes. They start pushing one another in the pool and they move from that tension that started the evening to a celebration and relief. See, Claire, at some level, had to walk the rugged road to that relief. Gloria made her pay a bit to show that she had reckoned with the damage she'd done. Of course, we saw that in the scene on the beach when Jesus took took Peter aside alone and talked to him in the way that he did, right? Peter was fine when he could hide, but now he couldn't, and they're together on the beach, and Jesus goes right at him three times. I can only imagine what Peter has been experiencing since that Thursday night. It's days later, maybe even weeks later, because we've gone one resurrection appearance, then Thomas a week later. It's, it's a ways out. I don't know that Peter has slept since that Thursday night. I bet he's been avoiding Jesus at some level, and now on the beach, Jesus courses him back through three times. If comedy helped us a little bit, let's go to drama for a second level of help on what's going on here. 
1986, I was starting seminary, and a marvelous movie came out. I remember watching it in a theater and being just struck down by it. It's called The Mission. Jeremy Irons plays Gabriel, Father Gabriel, a missionary to the Guarani people of North Argentina. And in it, the usual form of mission is for the church to go in and, at that time, to go in and convert the heathen while they also exploit them. One of the characters in this movie, played by Robert De Niro, Jeremy Irons is Father Gabriel, Robert De Niro is, is Rodrigo Mendoza, who is a slaver. He goes out and finds Guarani, captures them, and hands them over to the plantation owners for money. He is also a murderer. His fiancée, he finds in bed with his brother, and he shoots his brother and ends that life. So he's impulsive, he's callous, he's hard. And suddenly, in the wake of that murder, he becomes despondent. He can't reckon with his own evil. He, He had been easily doing it all along but then in this moment it came to a head and he had to reckon with the fact that he had killed and enslaved and that he had done all the ill that he had done all the damage that he had done he sat in jail six months despondent saying he'd rather die father gabriel approached him and offered him penance now Purgatory and penance are Roman Catholic, um, Roman Catholic theological constructions that, that allow somebody to work off the bad things they've done. And this is a Jesuit mission. And so, so Father Gabriel suggests that the Robert De Niro character, Rodrigo, carry a burden, carry a big bag on a rope that has everything bad he's ever done in it. So he puts his weapons in there. He puts all the symbols of his cruelty and damage into this big bundle and says, you carry that from the lower lands all the way up to the mission above the falls. And so you've got this huge burden dangling from behind Rodrigo, and he painstakingly carries it, climbing, climbing impossible scale. One time he's, he's about two-thirds of the way up, and one of the Jesuits sees that he's gotten caught, his bundle has gotten caught behind him, and it seems like an inescapable predicament. And so the Jesuit cuts the burden, and Rodrigo goes down and retrieves it and starts back up. He keeps going, doggedly, refusing, not, refusing to lay down the burden. He gets to the top, and, and he's exhausted. And one of the Guarani, the people whom he has enslaved, the people whose children he has sent off to the plantation for money, one of the Guarani comes up and yells at him with a knife in his hand, yells at him in Guarani language, and, and, and Rodrigo cannot understand it, but he's resigned himself to death. When the Guarani man cuts the burden off because Rodrigo has paid the price for his damage. And the people are relieved. And Rodrigo is relieved because they took the rugged road to relief. Friends, Claire had to take a rugged road because Gloria wasn't going to let her off easy. 
Rodrigo had to take a rugged road because he wasn't going to let himself off easy. There is damage that goes beyond the, I'm sorry, I forgive you level. There is damage and there are acts that move us into another zone where something has to be paid. Jesus knew that. Now, we're talking about the God of the universe whose property it is always to have mercy. We're talking about a Jesus of Nazareth who died on a cross just after saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He had the option. It was in his nature to say, Peter, you're good. No problem. But he knew that Peter couldn't take that. He knew that Peter needed a rugged road to his relief. And so he walked him painfully through the burden of that terrible night, that Thursday night. Walked him step by step through the agonizing detail of his biggest failure. And you know what happens after the verses we read? Jesus predicts the way that Peter will die heroically as a martyr. Friends, we talk a lot about before-after period. before-after pictures, what the person looked before, what the person looked like afterwards, and the after is always a lot better, and Peter's after is mightily better. He goes on to preach that Pentecost sermon and co-found the first church in Jerusalem. He goes on to stand up before the very authorities who put Jesus to the trial and then on to the crucifixion. He goes on to die that martyr's death under Nero in Rome, None of that magnificent work, none of that courage, I'm convinced, ever would have happened if not for three times, do you love me? Jesus freed him through that rugged road. And Peter flew. So this may feel a long long ways off to you until you start to do an inventory about how many relationships in your life are askew. You may even have a couple of those circumstances in which you've done damage that you haven't known how to deal with. That you've done damage where you've asked forgiveness and maybe they've forgiven you, but you know they're still static. Relationships are hard and we mess them up and sometimes we undersell how important it is finally to walk the rugged road. A couple weeks ago, I inadvertently said something to close friends that, that completely hurt them and damaged them. And I said I was sorry, and they said we forgive you, but it wasn't done. We had to talk. We had to do other steps. We had to make our way through, and you know what that looks like in your life. Friends, we think of Easter as the time when Jesus empowered the disciples and empowered the church and then Pentecost comes and everything flies away. Lately I've been thinking that Peter's power came from this moment and that your and my power rests on moments just like this. When we walk toward conflict and walk the rugged road and not only the person we've harmed shows up, But the Jesus who knows us shows up and the whole world changes. I don't know which relationships you need to mend. I don't know with people. I don't know with God. But there are are things that you need to do to walk the rugged road. 
I pray for you that you'll have the courage to hear those words in other form. Simon, do you love me? Simon, do you love me? Simon, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Amen. Amen.